Hey everyone, welcome to They Teach That, a podcast about television, film, and video production classes in our schools. I'm your host, Kevin Patterson. So I had hoped to have this episode in your feed by Thursday morning. Usually Wednesday or Thursday will uh, will be my goal, uh, but I kind of got caught up trying to finish a, a video slideshow for our graduation ceremony. Our school just uh, graduated our seniors uh, as of uh, Thursday morning. Uh, so what, what my program does is we try to get pictures from uh, all the seniors, uh, or at least all of them that will, will send us pictures. And uh, we get pictures from when they were a baby uh, until they're in high school. So, so like an elementary school picture, middle school picture, high school picture. And uh, we call it a senior memories slideshow. And even though I get my students to, to work on it every year, it's just a lot of pictures to go through and organize, a lot of content to make sure that it's all done correctly. So um, even though my students uh, do a lot of the work on it, it, it takes up a lot of my attention to make sure that it's all done right and that everyone who sent us pictures that those pictures are, are all getting included um, so it was just kind of a, a tiring week, week for me uh, I'm sure a lot of teachers go through this where, where you have a task that's designated to you um, and you know you're, you're not that excited about it because it it's a task that doesn't necessarily grow your program there, there's not really much glory in it um, and it may even feel a little bit menial when you're in the thick of it but it, you know, it just takes up a solid amount of your time and it, it's part of you or your program's role in serving your campus. Uh, and being TV teachers, we're, we're kind of the go-to persons at our school for media tasks that, that may seem simple to, to most people, but in reality, those tasks can really uh, eat up your time. And so that was my experience this week. Uh, it, it doesn't happen to me very often, but, but when it does, it, it can just feel really disheartening slaving away over something um, that in the grand scheme of things just, just seems like a small task, but you know it's something that's just going to take up a, a lot of your time. Uh, and if you're a teacher listening to this, uh, I figured you'd probably be able to, to relate to this, or um, maybe you're even a newer teacher and, and you felt this way a lot throughout the year. I, I know I definitely um, you know, went through a lot of uh, different things where um, I just felt really disheartened during my first year of teaching. And so if the thought kind of went through your head thinking that it was, you know, maybe it was just you, um, just I want you to know that, that others in our subject area have gone through, uh, or at least I have gone through that, that emotion uh, as recently as this week. Um, there can be a lot of things that are at our jobs that, that run the potential to feel disheartening um, and that make you feel like you, you want to quit. And that's an emotion that our guest this week is familiar with a bit. Uh, Karen McKemmy has been the teacher at Fort Mill High School in South Carolina for the past decade. Uh, Fort Mill is on the northern edge of the state of South Carolina, actually closer to uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Fort Mill is probably not a city that, that you're familiar with, but it's a school that you should definitely be familiar with. Uh, they have really made a name for themselves, earning just tons of national recognition for their work. Uh, they were named the best weekly broadcast in the country by the Student Television Network uh, in 2017, um, and they were finalists again this past year for the same award. Uh, also in 2017, Karen herself was named the Student Television Network's National Teacher of the Year, uh, and she'll have a fun anecdote to share about that. Uh, amongst some of the items that we talk about will be uh, her transition from working in broadcast news to becoming a teacher. I quit every single day. Every day I walked down to my principal and I said, I'm done, I'm leaving, I'm not doing this again. The first year transition, definitely. Her approach to working with teenagers? You know, being 16 is hard. It's just hard to be 16 normally. Then you add all that pressure onto it. Um, and so I think just being available, being present, and then um, celebrating those successes. And how she tries to get the best from her students. You know, we have teleprompters. I took them away. I took them away probably six years ago. I said, absolutely not. We're not reading the news. We are delivering the news, you know, and it's it's much different um, down to your down to your hand motions, your eye contact, your um, interaction with your co-host if there is one, or your interaction with who um, who you're interviewing. All right, so this week's episode, uh, just like last week's, was recorded about ten months ago in the summer of 2017. So keep that in mind as you listen. Uh, in fact, the next three episodes after this one that that I'll have to share with you guys will have all been recorded last summer. Uh, in listening back to this discussion with Karen, uh, I found myself getting lots of great philosophical nuggets, uh, just things that I, I found myself wanting to, to scribble down notes of. Um, and so I hope that you guys find yourself wanting to do, to do the same. 
Um, and I hope that you enjoy. So let's get to it. All right, so I'm here with uh, Karen McKemmy. Karen, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Fabulous. Uh, at the time that we are recording this interview, it is uh, nearing the end of summer. So how is uh, how's that been for you? How's your summer vacation been? Well, you know, it hasn't been much of a vacation. Um, I've been pretty busy. We ran a, um, a little baby TV camp um, as a fundraiser at school. So that kept me a little busy. And then on Monday, I will be flying to D.C. to teach TV teachers how to teach TV. So I'll be there for a week. And um, so my summer is quickly vanishing, but it's been good. It's been relaxing um, in the time off. Um, but I do, I kind of, I miss the routine. I miss, I, I kind of always like to have my hands in it a little bit. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's you get to this point in the summer and it's like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm ready to get back into it. I'm ready to, uh, to get my hands dirty again and, and just start, start working again. Um, tell, tell us about the, uh, the workshop that you're doing in DC. Um, it's with um, student reporting labs through PBS, and um, they think they have about 100 school sites between middle school and high school. Um, they pick a couple schools a state per state um, because who watches PBS NewsHour? My parents, your parents. It was kind of like a dying demographic. So I think um, they had this great idea. Why don't we get younger voices to do some student reports? Therefore, people will start understanding that PBS is kind of there for the wide range of, of people. It's not just Sesame Street and old people. There are people in between. So they reached out to schools. And I started with that program probably about um, maybe six or seven years ago when I was a brand new TV teacher. And they were such a resource in helping um, because I think a lot of us come from a variety of backgrounds. Um, I never set out to be a teacher. So um, you know, helping with classroom management and how are we going to um, teach kids how to tell a good story, things like that they were really beneficial in. And then they would come up with topics that kind of global topics and how do they affect um, schools regionally. So um, they would give us little assignments and some kids, you know, some schools knock it out of the park, some schools not so much. We've had years when we've done an awesome job. We've had years where the topics just don't really apply to our student body um, population. Um, so it's been a journey, but it's one that I really like. I love the differing opinions. I love meeting all the different teachers. Um, and it's over several days of just teachers. So no students, you know, and you just really kind of get that um, um, camp atmosphere, but with big people and it's all people that do the same thing you do. So it's kind of fun. All right. Uh, so one thing that you mentioned that I want to want to get back to a second. You said how uh, you know as TV teachers we all kind of come from a variety of different backgrounds. A lot of us did not necessarily intend on getting into teaching, and that's that's a a, a big thing behind the conversations that that I'm having with different people is we're all just so different. Um, and so what I kind of want to know is is kind of who is Karen McKemmy um, and what's your background and you know and, and how did you end up getting into teaching? So tell us a bit about who you are. Well, it's kind of a funny story, but um, I was a journalism major, broadcast journalism major in college. I went to school to be in the news. Um, I was, that was my path, um, and not to date myself completely, but I am old. Um, but CNN was just really taking off, 24-hour news. So in college, that was just such a great opportunity um, to be able to kind of jump on that and, and say there is this, this um, need that we want to have news 24 hours a day. So I interned in college um, at, a very, at a local TV station. I was in school at Old Dominion University, which is down in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So I uh, worked at a small station down there, interned there, and got hired right out of school. And then um, worked at several small affiliates. Um, my husband's military, so we moved to Italy for three and a half years where they have armed forces radio and television. So that was a really great experience. So I've dabbled, kept my, kept my hands in it, um, had three kids in three years. That was busy. And then um, um, ended up at WSOC in Charlotte, which was my last station as a news producer. Um, absolutely loved it and um, love producing news. I, I am a news junkie. So, um, and then if we're going to flash forward a little bit, this all really has to do with the want and need for a lacrosse team at our high school, if you can believe it. Um, my boys play lacrosse. 
and they, we did not have a lacrosse team at our high school. And uh, we had a brand new principal, and I sat down with him to talk about starting a lacrosse team at the high school, you know, as a club. And he said, as we got to talking about my background, he said, um, we have a TV studio and no, um, nobody to really teach it. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll look around and help you out the best I can, you know, but I'm not a teacher. And he said, I tell you what, if you fill in for a couple of weeks till we find somebody that can actually do this, I will get you a lacrosse team. And so that's actually how it started. So I was a, I was a temporary fill-in in the middle of November, the middle of a semester, um, and I was only supposed to be there. Uh, I started right about Thanksgiving break, and I was only supposed to last till Christmas break. Nine years later, they've either forgotten that they said it was only two weeks, or they can't find anybody else, but I'm still there. So that's how it kind of came about. <laughs> That, that's kind of, um, so when I interned in Los Angeles, that was kind of the, the running theme was everyone just said their careers were always just kind of a, a combination of just happenstances and, and accidents and, and just random occurrences as to how they ended up uh, where they were. And, and in education, uh, I, particularly in our uh, our subject area, it really doesn't seem to be a whole lot different. Um, how have you found, uh, you know, how did, or how did you find, I should say, the transition from working as a professional in the industry to, well, now I have to work with a bunch of teenagers. How was that for you? I quit every single day. Every day I walked down to my principal and I said, I'm done, I'm leaving, I'm not doing this again. The first year transition, definitely. You can't hire your employees, nor can you fire them, you know? Um, and to have a vision, um, especially with, with, a, with a newsroom and wanting to do a show and and, and having a, a vision and then trying to get everybody on board um, without classroom management skills, without really thinking like a teenager. Um, that was, it's not easy. You know, you kind of think like, oh, teachers, whatever. You know, it's, it's not that hard. That was really the hardest part. I knew my craft, but being able to translate that to a 16-year-old, um, that was a huge challenge. And then to make it fun. Um, and make it interesting and, 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 and try and convince them that they had a voice and, and a powerful voice that people wanted to listen to. That was, it was a challenge. So, so yeah, it was, um, I, I liked not being 24 uh, seven on news and having, being able to take a little step back. Um, one of the biggest um, poignant moments for me, I think within my first year or two was one of the critiques that we were getting back from our show was that we didn't do a lot of hard news. And, um, you know, I sat through the video feeds of the Columbine massacre. I pulled, I was working at a TV station. I was pulling a video for that and I would sit there and just cry and cry and cry. And, um, my executive producer came in and he said, I don't understand why you're crying. And I said, it's just, you know, so sad. And he said, I said, I wish we could do good news. And he said, we don't report on how many planes land safely every day. I think that that is like one of the big things you learn in journalism school or that they teach you, you know, that's such a, such a quote. But yes, we don't report on how many planes land safely every day. So one of my things was, we're going to do good news. We're going to do positive news. There's so much negativity in the world. Um, I'm going to teach you how to tell a good story, but I'm going to teach you how to at least celebrate the positivity in life. There is plenty of time of, of time for you to be an adult. And I counted the days. I was like, from when my kids leave, enter my classroom at 15, so around sophomore year, um, they have a thousand days till they're 18, till they're adults. And I'm going to take those thousand days and celebrate youth and, um, and positivity and, and try and do it that way. And, you know, some people love it and buy in, you know, the kids buy in and some don't. And I think that that's one of the biggest struggles is getting that buy-in and ownership from students and, um, and I guess, a long roundabout way of saying that, that that transition from that professionalism to getting in the head of a 16-year-old, once I was able to kind of do that, it went a lot smoother. So it sounds like your uh, class is very much uh, uh, focused on journalism, like you really want to, to get the kids into uh, telling stories and, as you said, positive stories, things that are happening that 
um, that people just kind of brush off maybe sometimes and that they don't necessarily realize and, and getting your kids to tell those stories. Um, tell us about your, your program um, and, and I guess you know, if you were to describe your program to someone you know, random on the street you know, who you've already answered uh, you know, what you do for a living, um, tell us you know, then how would you describe your program to them? Uh, the Buzz TV is a 15-minute weekly magazine-type show. Our demographic is high school students, but we are broadcast out into the community. So um, when people ask me about the program, um, we start with introductory, kind of a catch-all of everything about TV. And yes, um, I'm very heavy news because that's my background. But um, whereas some students and some schools have a basic intro for their show every week, um, that's where I try and br bring out my filmmakers and graphics people and let that creativity go. Um, a lot of people don't like it. Why do you do a, an intro differently every week? Well, because I've got kids that want to be filmmakers. So I'm going to let them be creative, a little bit more creative on that aspect. So, so that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm going. But the program, I guess... Um, we try and report on as many um, home things as we can. So I always say, you know, I, I get that this big, huge sports team won this big, huge thing and the guys want to do it in sports, but how do we bring it down to be more local? Take a, take a global story and make it local is always my thing. Um, I want to celebrate um, students in the school, especially students that may not get much of a chance to be celebrated. Um, so, uh, always look for those like hidden gem stories and, um, you know, we're always, we're going to do the story on the unicorn drink and Starbucks. I mean, we are, we're, we're, we're going to do a little bit of fluff and, um, we're going to add a little bit of pixie dust and it's going to be a little glittery and sparkly and, and, but, um, but hopefully, um, you're getting entertained and you're getting a little bit of news involved and, um, and they're kids and it's fun. And if you, and you laugh every day, as long as you're laughing every day, it's good. I like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, the, the, I think that's a key in reaching out to high schoolers is getting them to laugh. That's, uh, that's always, uh, a, a nice connection to make with them. Um, tell us a little bit about how you're just, you know, you can just really quickly, maybe, uh, just how your classes are structured. You know, how are your, uh, if, if I were students signing up for your classes, what would I end up seeing in the curriculum guide? Okay. Um, it's called television production, um, because I am a Kate class. So some, Television teachers are not Kate certified. I am Kate certified, so it falls under that CTE curriculum guide, um, which means that it's supposed to be more, I think, technically heavy. It's not because I'm not technical. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, but TV One is a catch-all. You're going to be doing everything. Um, I try and get everybody to do at least uh, one time on the anchor desk, behind the camera, in front of the camera, writing, producing, um, the whole gamut. We'll do PSAs. We'll do all the fun stuff in Television One. I don't take freshmen, so they start as sophomores in our school. Um, we are on a semester base, so it's 90 minutes a day, five days a week, um, which flies by. I don't think it's enough, but I, I'm lucky because some people have 40 minutes, you know. Um, so it's uh, you take TV One for a semester. Um, I have four sections of TV One a year, so so two classes first semester, two classes second semester, 25 kids um, a class. So that's 100 kids. Out of those 100 kids, um, I will pick 25 to move forward to the next level of, of the program, which is TV2. And you have a semester um, as kind of a junior level of the buzz staff. So your basic reporters, you're working for the sports guys, that kind of thing. Um, from those 25, then it's cut down again. Um, and until your senior year, which is about a staff of 16, and that's my senior level staff that does the buzz. So, and they're with me all year, so two semesters um, every day, and they're the ones pretty much running the show. So that's like the basic breakdown. Um, y you know, I, I love it because I really do get to take kids from 15 to 18, and that the growth and the maturity and just how much they change is just, I love it. It's amazing. Awesome. Uh, and then I imagine uh, many of those kids that come through your program for multiple years and that mature end up uh, involved with your your program's involvement uh, with national organizations. Um, so there's both the Student Television Network, and I know that you guys are also part of National Scholastic Press because I've seen that you guys have made Pacemaker finalists 
uh, at least the past couple years. I just kind of have casually glanced at that list before. Um, so I, I know that you guys have earned recognition uh, through them and through the Student Television Network. Um, so tell us about uh, your involvement uh, with, with those organizations and any others, um, but just your involvement with uh, organizations on either the national or even if you guys are involved with something at the state level um, and, and how those programs, uh, how those conventions, uh, those opportunities, how they influence your students and inspire your students. Um, I, I absolutely think that they are huge in moving my program forward. The first couple of years, I didn't have the personal confidence to think I was doing a good, good enough job to put my kids on a stage where they would compete. Um, I, in fact, the very first competition we did was a regional, so the Southeastern Interscholastic Press Association um, regional competition. My kids went, they competed, I sent them home. I drove back the next day, an hour and a half, with one of my best friends because I didn't want them to sit there and not win anything and then be really sad. So, um, so I drove back down. Funny enough, they won quite a few things, and I had to call them and say, sorry, my bad, I didn't have confidence in you or myself. That's really bad. Um, but once I started participating in um, SIPA and um, at STN, um, going to STN the first time was a huge leap of faith. It was in Orlando. That was the first time we went. And um, we went there, and I just remember running around seeing all these schools and these kids, these amazing kids and all this amazing equipment. And, you know, we had our little cameras, and we just looked like just rednecks from South Carolina. And I kept saying, you know, it's not the wand, it's the wizard. You know, we can do this. We can, even if we have these tiny little cameras, we're okay. You know, good storytelling is good storytelling. We did not win one single thing, not even an honorable mention. It was, it, but the kids sang on the bus on the way home, loved every minute of that experience because it brought them together as a group and they got to see the talent, the amazing talent that's out there. Um, they got to witness thousands of kids that love what they love. We are the only program in our district. So they don't ever get to see any other TV kids. We don't have a whole lot of competition where we are. So um, being involved in that was huge. Then going um, on the press association side, which is very um, newspaper, lit magazine, yearbook heavy, um, broadcast, you're kind of coming in as the redheaded stepchild, for, for lack of a better word. It seems like it was added, you know, it's kind of added later, and they've had to keep up. Yeah, my one of my students always referred to it right. as the ugly stepchild. <laughs> I guess so. I should be more politically correct and say not, I have a redheaded niece. She'd hate me for saying that. So, so um, yeah, absolutely. And so you feel like in the press association that we're kind of not, uh, I don't want to say not as celebrated, because we definitely are celebrated, but it's not as the big, big deal. Um, but I think participating in lo local, regional, national competitions just um, lets your kids realize uh, how much there is out there and how many opportunities are, are out there. Plus, you get, you know, sets them up for scholarships. It sets them up to um, learn networking, which is a huge skill that you need to learn in any business. Um, meeting people at these, at these events um, I think really helps them, hey, I knew this person that did this in this town or whatever, I can reach out to them. And I think that that's super important. It definitely, once we started participating in those, and it took me a good three years to build up the confidence to do it. Um, but once we started, it really upped our game. Uh, the other thing is the feedback you get um, as a parent I can tell my kid a million times to clean their room, but if somebody else comes in and says, hey, you probably want to clean this up, it definitely resonates. And so when you get the feedback um, from judges or um, other schools that say, hey, that's an awesome job or you might want to look at this, it's not me saying it all the time. It's, it's industry professionals saying it, and it definitely resonates with them in a, in a different way. So I do. I love it. I love competing. I love going to them. I get so much out of it, and I get so much out of it because I get to meet other teachers that do what I do. It makes me happy. I'm kind of uh, a, a bit in shock that you're the only program in your district. Uh, you're, so you're the only TV production program in all of your, your district. Well, okay, yeah, but, but let, me, let me break that down. We have two high schools, and we're small. Uh, <laughs> you're one of two. One of two. Um, Rock Hill, which is the next biggest town, has a career in tech center. 
but they don't they don't do a show. So like so technically, really, um, our closest ones a couple schools in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, but really nothing really around us. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, I was gonna say because that that's definitely something that I know I wanted for my kids was for them to be able to try to have a community on the local level. And, and that was tough because the programs just kind of vary so much on the local level in terms of what they focus on and what the teachers are, are doing with those programs. Um, so it was kind of tough, despite the close proximity to establish a community. And, and I definitely agree that you know, in the past couple of years, especially my students have, have really found a, a good community in STN. Like they they're they're learning who certain students are. They're learning you know who certain schools are and who the the big players are. And you know there's certain kids when they go to the convention that they'll be like, oh, I saw so and so today. Like they they know who some of these kids are that are, are making some of the the work that I'm trying to show them in class. Um, so uh, you know you guys have had a, a, you know, a good amount of success. Just kind of a, a giveaway to to listeners here. You guys are currently the reigning broadcast excellence uh, champions for a, a weekly new show and so in other words you guys were named the best weekly new show in the country um and when i counted it up you guys placed in four different contests at the the national convention this past spring uh in 2000, 2017 um so you guys have have done very well for yourselves um and i already mentioned the the pacemaker uh being a finalist for that as well um tell us about you know how I guess how you guys have, have managed to, to become successful, how you guys have managed to, uh, to start winning uh, some awards. You know, you, you discussed how you weren't so confident at the beginning, and, and now you guys seem to uh, you know, be making a name for yourselves for sure. Um, so tell us about some of that success and, and how that has you know, come about, how you would, or wh- what you would attribute that success to. Um, first and foremost, well, thank you. But I, you know, so many times it's just such a, it's just such a shock a lot of times, um, to even place, especially placing at STN, uh, is huge. Um, I guess I have to, you know, I would attribute every single bit of it to the kids and their drive. Um, the leaders of the class, the leadership of the class. Um, in fact, I always say like this year we were doing a little hashtag during our introductory planning for next year. And I was like, it's going to be the year of fun. Stop focusing on winning. Um, so it was, you know, hashtag year of fun. I don't, you know, and, and then, but then somebody will turn around and say, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to win an Emmy this year, you know? Um, so, you know, they, they really want it. Um, and it's just putting those little pieces of the pie in place so that they can step on it and be successful. I mean, I, I will go over things and go over things, but like I said, good storytelling is good storytelling. If you get that basic part down, um, and, and delivery, I think a lot of times we don't focus so much on how do you deliver a story? How do you bring an audience in to want to get them to want to watch you? Um, and that's, that's hard for a 16-year-old to stand up there and be um, very confident in their delivery. Uh, it's something we work on all the time, over and over and over again. Um, but I think, I think for the most part, it's, um, it's just their dedication. I, I mean, it's just their de- dedication. And then I will make myself available to the point of distraction, you know, and that it drives my family crazy. But I will make myself available to let them get those good stories. We've got to be able to get those good stories um, and look for those good stories and find that great interview and pick out that really awesome soundbite um, because uh, that's what's going to make the whole piece work. And then doing a show and adhering to a deadline, you know, we don't do a nine-minute show one week and a 20-minute a, a show the next week. It is 15 minutes to the dot, rain or shine, every Friday. And if we have a short week, if we only have a four-day week, we don't not do the show. <laughs> we still do the show. To get used to deadlines, to get used to working um, in that tight feeling of you're constantly going, you've got a couple of pokers in the fire, that's what real news is. So, And that's what working in a newsroom is. You've got three or four stories you're working on all the time. Um, I think the the biggest obstacle to that is that kids have a lot of other stuff on their plate. I'm not their only class. They're balancing with AP classes. Um, their boyfriend broke up with them. 
you know, something happened, you know, being 16 is hard. (laughs) It's just hard to be 16 normally. Then you add all that pressure onto it. Um, And so I think just being available, being present, and then um, celebrating those successes, really celebrating those successes um, so that everybody else wants to be just as successful, I think is, is um, what helps as well. But, you know, honestly, if I, if I could bottle it and sell it, I would. I don't even know what it is. It's, it's that um, they don't, they're just really good kids. I mean, they're just really fun, neat kids. And every year I say, Oh my God, what am I going to do without Julian? What am I going to do without, you know, they're graduating. What, how, what, how are we going to recover? But I've really seen over the last several years, you trim back those big, huge blooming branches. Sunlight gets to those little saplings and they start rising to the occasion. It's so amazing to me every year to see that as soon as the, that, that amazing group graduates and you look and you've got these babies, um, they seem to just blossom. So um, I can't, I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I don't know how we, how they do it, but they, they really do do an amazing job. Yeah, that, that competitiveness that you mentioned, I, I find that's usually the key ingredient is getting the kids to, to, to really want it, to, to have that sense of competitiveness that, oh, this is something I can achieve. And to really set their sights on that, I think, is, is huge. Um, so going off of something that you you mentioned in all of that, uh, when watching through your broadcast excellence entry that showed at the convention, one thing that, that really stood out to me uh, were the anchors. Um, and just the anchoring, the, you know, the, the, the setup and the location, just photography looked great. But just the anchors really kind of grabbed your attention on screen. And you were talking about how delivery is so important, you know, and you... you it's repetition, repetition, getting the kids to be able to to deliver uh, their content. Uh, and I'm assuming you, you, you're referring to the on-camera presence. Um, tell us how how do you work on that? You know, what what strategies or how do you uh, make sure that you're getting that uh, out of your kids? Okay, that's a tough one. Well, first of all, we don't have a studio, so that's why we're always out and about. If you ever notice, that's why we, we're always outside. Or You know, I really, I like that approach a lot. That's honestly, when I was in high school, we had to do that all the time because we didn't have a studio either. Um, and I, you know, I, I like that a lot. It gets the kids, you know, really out in the field much more. And I, I think it makes for a great look to the show. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you because that's one, that's a, that's a struggle. But, um, the other thing was, you know, we have teleprompters. I took them away. I took them away probably six years ago. I said, absolutely not. We're not reading the news. We are delivering the news, you know, and it's, it's much different, um, down to your, down to your hand motions, your eye contact, your um, interaction with your co-host, if there is one, or your interaction with who, um, who you're interviewing. And I do a whole unit on body language, whole unit um, on how you hold your body and what it means. And, and I actually start the unit with, if you, next time you're in, you know, you miss curfew and you're in trouble and your parents are yelling at you, I'm going to teach you how to get out of that just on your body language alone, you know? And of course, kids love that, you know? Okay, I've got one up on mom and dad. Um, Body language is huge, how you hold yourself, um, and, and that I always tell them when you're looking at the camera, you're talking to your best friend. So some of our anchors cannot stand each other, and, and so I'm like, you, but that can never translate on camera. I don't ever want to see, you know, any kind of animosity, any kind of, you know, jealousy or whatever. Um, thankfully, Zoe and Julian loved each other. My, my two anchors, they, they did really well together, but... Um, um, and it's hard because um, it's not uh, it's not for the faint of heart. You're going to be judged based on the way you look. You're going to be judged based on the way you dress. I am a complete stickler on that. Um, we go over outfits before we shoot. I don't let them just show up in anything. And I know people think that that's so so silly. You talk to some of the industry like gurus that are that are huge in this in the especially in teaching and i'll say hey i i have um wardrobe approval you know and they're like what you worry about wardrobe yes i absolutely do because i want it to look good i want the whole thing to look um good you're not going to show up in stripes and that person's going to show up in flowers it's just not going to work it's not going to work visually then i'm going to spend um a ton of time waiting um you know being distracted by what you're wearing and not by what you're saying 
So, um, so all those little teeny tiny things, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of awful about them. <laughs> I mean, I think, it, and I think that it's, it ends up being, um, kind of scoffed at, but I pride myself in that it is that I'm going to drive it home from your hair to your lipstick to what your eyeshadow is. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I even have somebody come in and teach how to do TV makeup. Uh, because it's important. Yes, story's huge. Story's first. Story's absolutely first. But then all that other stuff is going to add to your professional look. And um, we have to look professional in this industry. And I get a lot of kids that say, um, well, you know, you see like the skate punk video and they're in their sweatshirt and their hood up and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, great. When you get that skate video on YouTube and, and, and that's your job, wear whatever you want. In my class, this is what you're doing. So hate to sound like a horrible person, but <laughs> that's kind of it. Hey, if, if it gets your kids to, uh, to execute, that's what's, that's what's important. Um, have there been any frustrations along the way over the past nine years that really stand out to you as, as uh, significant growing moments? Absolutely. Um, I think um, learning how to deal with difficult parents. Um, it's not difficult kids, it's difficult parents. Um, parents that uh, will get mad at you because their kid's not an anchor. Like, that kind of stuff blows my mind. I Learning um, that kind of conflict management. Um, and then administration. Um, leave me to do what I want to do um, because all this other stuff that you're lumping on me kind of gets in my way. Um, because, as I said, not coming from a teaching background, I didn't anticipate that. And so that was huge for me. And, and I think it still is for all of us. You know, it's like really another safety training, you know, because we've got to do it, right? But, um, and, and administration is very supportive, but sometimes they don't really understand necessarily, hey, you know what? Letting them leave for three hours to cover, like, like the eclipse in South Carolina is coming right through South Carolina. We're going to get... Um, yeah, lucky you guys. Cause, uh... Lucky us. Yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get total... Um, totality, but it's not, it's about 50 miles away from us. Well, we have school. So I've already gone and I said, we're going to cover it from Charleston and Columbia and Greenville. Well, all those places are three hours away from us, each one. Um, and then explaining, you don't understand. They're getting science. They're getting history. They're getting so much outside of the classroom. Allow them to experience this. And then, um, because what they're going to gain from this is 50 bazillion times more than what they're going to get from sitting in a classroom watching it on a video screen. So, um, so I think those were, were big growth moments for me, I think, is, is learning how to sometimes keep my mouth shut and how to um, deal with, with um, administration, with parents, with kids when they get their feelings hurt, when things don't go their way, um, with, you know, you're better served in this area than this area. Um, that kind of stuff, I think that's the most frustrating. I think I want everybody to leave with a really positive experience, but sometimes it doesn't happen that way. It's funny. It's interesting that you mentioned that solar eclipse because you know, as you're mentioning that, I'm thinking back when I was in elementary school. Um, so I was actually in, a, in an elementary school TV production program. Um, and I oh remember, my gosh! I remember this is the late '90s, so it wasn't it wasn't too too long ago, I guess. Um, but I remember being in third grade, and one of this is like the only segment that I really remember from that year. But I remember seeing a, a segment that our, our crew did, and um, it was about an eclipse. It wasn't a total solar eclipse, but it was a, a solar eclipse that was happening. And just doing a segment, seeing a fifth grader do a segment about. Uh, you know, how to observe the solar eclipse and the classes and what the lessons were that the classes were doing. Um, that was kind of the, the earliest moment when I realized, oh, wow, yeah, this is cool. This is a, you know, something, is, these are kids making videos and here they're doing a report about something that's, that's you know, very integral into a curriculum um, and academics. Um, and so I just kind of jogged my memory of, of that and how significant that moment was, I guess, for me, uh, when you mentioned the solar eclipse. So, uh, tell us a bit about your, um, guiding philosophy as a teacher and kind of your, just your approach to your classroom and, um, you know, just, just kind of what, what's your core values, I would say, to the class that you teach? Well, like I said, I I say you have a thousand days left to be a kid under my watch. You're going to be a kid um, that life is magical. It's not rational. So let's make magic. 
Um, as long as we're making magic, um, I'm happy. As long as you're laughing, as long as you can. We have a thing on our wall that says, don't stop until you're proud. So honestly, that's, I guess, what my, my biggest thing is. Do it until you're proud of it. Don't say, I've just done it good enough. I think so many times we look at, oh, we've got this rubric, and if I do this, I get an A. You know, okay, well, if you just want to do that, that's great. But do you, are you really proud of it? Is it something that you want other people to see? Um, and, and so I guess that's my biggest thing is that uh, don't stop until you're proud. Do it until you can sit there and say, absolutely, I love this. I'm super proud of it, and I want the world to see it. And um, even if nobody else likes it, you do. And, and that's the best thing in the world. I think that's the best feeling. Um, I also think that if I can encourage lifelong learning, um, I tell the kids all the time when I started, we were on Avid and we had, you know, these big, huge beta tapes, you know, and everything else, um, how drastically this um, medium has changed. And I spend my summers learning what what great app is out there? What cool thing could we be doing? Can we be doing snap stories? Like, can we can we be um, pulling in this social media to reinvent journalism and how we deliver stories? If we're stagnant, and I think as high school teachers, we are we have the luxury of being able to throw out a syllabus and start all over and say, okay, we're going to try something new. College professors don't have that. They teach for twenty years the same thing. They don't have that luxury of change like we do. Um, and so if I can foster that enthusiasm of you don't stop learning ever, um, ever, you're constant, constantly um, trying something new, then you're never old. You will never, ever be old as long as you are, are learning something new every day. And, and I really think that I learn stuff from my kids more than they learn from me 90% of the time. So that's it in a nutshell, I think. <laughs> I know that's good. That's that's. Uh, I'm gonna steal some of those uh, to kind of my, um, you know, my my kind of thoughts and and philosophy going into my next year here. You guys have an excellent product that you put out every week to your school. You said 15 minutes um, every week that you know you've got a product that uh, airs to your student body. Um, how what what would you say that your students gain from the production of that? And how is the product that you put out? Um, made an impact on your school and what do you think the student body gains from from the work that you student your students do well okay so so for my students i tell everybody that um you know we we we're kind of the the big buzzword now is soft skills everybody's got to have soft skills we we're, haven't been teaching these soft skills well my gosh what doesn't go on in a production you know room so I would say we have all the C's. We have creativity, collaboration. We have communication. We have critical thinking. We have crisis management, you know, which crisis management's kind of, you know, time management and problem solving and, and, and all that. Um, and then I say in the last C is being a captain, learning how to be a leader, leading a team. Um, all those skills are what my kids learn every day, aside from when they're doing a, a story on science. They're learning that science thing. When they're doing a story on uh, somebody with special needs, they're learning about that, that um, disability and, and, and they're learning empathy and they're learning compassion and, you know, like all of that. So what they get out of working in an environment like ours in television it, production is, I mean, it's, it's, you can't even measure it. Um, what are the student body, what does the student body get out of it? I guess um, I would like to say um, we do a, a little series called I Am Fort Mill High School, and we try and pick a student that uh, does something unique. They're not the football player, the soccer player. You know, they're not the, the, the cheerleader or even in the band. But uh, we did one on a kid that's, you know, a fly fisherman. We did one on one that, that re, refurbishes golf carts. Um, we did, you know, like it, they have a unique and interesting passion um, and let's tell a story about it in their own words. And so I think celebrating some of the kids in a high school environment that don't always get looked at and celebrated, um, that, that makes me really, really happy. Like, I love to be able to do that. And then to also be a part of Spirit Week and Homecoming and, and, um, and cover all those events that mean so much to you in high school and being able to document them and put them out in a fun way that people are going to like get excited about. 
So fun anecdote uh, about you. You, you uh, are, were just recently named the Student Television Network's Teacher of the Year. And uh, I remember you saying on stage that you didn't even know that you had been uh, nominated for the award, yeah. that your students kind of snuck that, that in on you. So wh what's, you know, wh wh what's the story behind, behind that? They How did they manage to keep that from you? Well, uh, they went to my principal. They showed him all, everything that they needed to do. Uh, the assistant principal got involved. Um, some parents got involved, and they got it all uh, done and didn't say a word to me. The only thing that they said was, we need to have a resume from you. And I said, well, a resume? I don't have a resume. I mean, you know what I do. I don't do anything else. And one of the girls said, well, it's because she was writing her resume and she wanted to kind of model it after mine. So if I could put one together and, and give it to her, then she would, um, then she could kind of look at how she was supposed to do hers. And that's how they kind of tricked me into that part. But when they did it, I was like, gosh, I wonder, because the first thing I gave them, they said, no, you have to say everything that you've done. And um, then I kind of like, I wonder what they're up to. But um, yeah, it did. It's, they snuck it by me. They're sweethearts. And I was amazed. And overwhelmed and I cried a lot so all right uh, well congratulations on that and um, Thank you. so I, I want to ask you one uh, so this is the question that I'm, I'm gonna try to ask everyone here because I'm just kind of curious myself uh, when someone just that you, you meet someone new and they ask you you know what do you do for a living what do you tell them what you, how, how do you I say I teach television and then I say, and it's not just grabbing the remote and what channel to push. That's, that's what I usually say. Um, I teach television. Um, I, I, and I love teaching television. I love teaching um, uh, storytelling. And that's kind of how I put it. Storytelling with a lot of fun. Uh, sprinkled in. Awesome. Uh, any plugs you want to make as, as far as, uh, you know, I, I know you talked about the PBS NewsHour um, event that you're going up to in DC, uh, you know, in any, uh, organizations or, or plugs or resources that you want to recommend, uh, to others or, or even, uh, your students work. If people want to check out your students work, where can they go to, to do that? Absolutely. They can check us out. We're online, www.fmhsthebuzztv.com and on Vimeo, uh, which is Vimeo and then backslash the buzz TV. Um, and I actually like Vimeo better because uh, you could just kind of click to the videos that you want to click to. Um, and then um, I love being a part of SIPA. I love being a part of Student Reporting Labs. That's a great one to get involved with, especially if you're trying to introduce STEM into your school. Like they're a big STEM curriculum. Um, and how do you incorporate that into broadcasting? Um, and you know, I wouldn't be anywhere uh, without Nancy and STN, and that's just because of the group of teachers um, that uh, amaze me. And I think I did say that on stage. Like, like we watch, we watch your show, we watch everybody's show. I do anyway. I'm kind of a geek that way. But you know, I want to see the shows that are gonna that are going to challenge us. Um, and I love seeing the kids. I love seeing their work. I love uh, seeing the trends. Um, and then also, uh, don't discount your local um, uh, Emmy, the Student Production Awards. Those are huge, and every uh, region has them. Get involved in those, because the minute a, um, a news organization hears that your programs won an Emmy, they're all over you, and that's recognition for your program and for your kids, so that's always huge. All right, and that was my discussion with Karen McKemmy. Uh, not sure why, but I failed to record an appropriate outro at the time of recording, so that's why it just kind of felt like it cut off there. Uh, anyway, a few updates. This past year, Fort Mill was selected to be part uh, of the U.S.-Russia Social Exchange Expertise Program, which means that Karen and four students uh, will be heading to Moscow on June 11th to help cover the FIFA World Cup uh, in conjunction with the Student Television Network. Uh, they'll be there for approximately 12 days, and Karen says they are super excited about the opportunity, uh, and they're curious about what the experience will have in store for them. Uh, they were nominated this year for eight student production awards, which are given out by the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. If that organization sounds familiar to you, but you're not quite sure what it is, it is the same organization that gives out the Emmy Awards. Um, so they'll find out uh, the regional winners to the uh, student production awards on June 9th. Uh, last fall, they won the National Student Production Award for Best High School Newscast in the entire country. And they also produced the first place entry in the Student Television Network's Crazy 8 competition this past spring. 
uh, you know, at the, uh, the Student Television Network convention. Um, they won first place in the morning show broadcast category for an excellent, excellent product they produced there. Uh, so definitely give them a follow on Twitter at FMBuzzTV. And again, their website is FMHSTheBuzzTV.com. Definitely check out some of their stuff. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you to the teachers that, that did that last week. Uh, please share this podcast with fellow TV teachers in your district or surrounding area. Uh, you know, there's way more of us out there uh, in this country than I think people realize. Um, and especially if there's someone you know that, that just started teaching this subject area, um, maybe it's someone in your district, maybe it's someone a couple districts over, but you, you know it's a program that um, someone just took over. Uh, you know, I want this podcast to be able to help them. I want them to be able to, to feel in community uh, with some of these teachers and to hear from them and to, to you know, hear their experiences so that maybe it can help them out. So uh, please you know, send, think of someone that maybe you can send a, this, a link to this podcast to. Uh, and encourage them to take a listen to these these first two episodes. Uh, next week, I'll be back in your feed with Ben Barnholt from Whitney High School in California. Until then, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Good luck with all the end-of-the-year things that are happening at your school. I know for me, I'm definitely feeling the weight of it right now. We've uh, got our last day with students uh, on Friday of this week, so um, at the time that you're listening to this, I will probably be all finished with students. Um, but I've definitely got a good amount of work to get done during the uh, the teacher planning day. So uh, the weight of it's definitely bearing down on, on me. But as to whether I'll get through it all successfully, all I have to say is never tell me the odds. That's a Han Solo quote because, you know, the movie Solo comes out this weekend. So anyway, have a great holiday, y'all. Mm-hmm.